Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That is what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. Be it joy and laughter, sorrow and tears, awe and insight, or deepest devotion, as we visit and listen, we are all part of a spiritual voyage called Song of the Soul. Today, for Song of the Soul, we're headed over to the Twin Cities of Minnesota for a real gem of a singer-songwriter, Vicki Emerson. Her music is sheer Americana, tinged with a hint of country on top, and Vicki is part of a cabal. Uh, well, actually, no, wait. Since most of them are women, maybe it should be called a coven of super-talented and mutually reinforcing performers in Minnesota. Actually, given that we're just short of winter solstice and things are especially cold in the upper Midwest this December, maybe she's part of a warm, safe nest of winter birds singing gloriously over the snowscape. She's part of the Minnesota Music Network and often goes out on the road with Sarah Morris, jointly known as The Home Fires. The point is, Vicki Emerson will strum your heartstrings with her guitar, piano, and voice, and she joins us now by phone from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Vicki, thank you so much for joining me today for Song of the Soul. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. How much am I cutting into your day? What's the rhythm of your days like in the week? They vary. Some days are a lot of coffee meetings. I mentor songwriters through the Minnesota Music Coalition, so there's some of that that happens. Sometimes there's rehearsals. Today is a lot of working behind the computer, so each day is a little different, and I prefer it that way. I'm interested in the mentoring. Of course, I've interviewed Ellen Stanley, a.k.a. Mother Banjo, about the Minnesota Music Coalition. How do you get involved in a mentorship? How does that work? If you are a member of the Minnesota Music Coalition, you are entitled through your membership to have a mentoring session. I tend to mentor folks that are looking at doing some crowdfunding for the first time. I've done three of those campaigns and mentored other songwriters on successful campaigns, so I do know a little bit about that. And also I've mentored songwriters on kind of publicity and how you roll out an album promoting a CD release, that kind of thing. So I I mentor a lot of folks that are really new to the music scene or really just starting out for their first time. And how old are you to the music scene? I know your first album came out in 2009, Long Ride, but what's your track record with respect to music in Minnesota or elsewhere? Well, I started out here. I lived in St. Paul, and I started going to open mics and hitting up coffee shops. Really, it's where everybody kind of starts, just finding your way, finding your voice, writing songs that, you know, are not the best, you know, because you're just really learning. And I did that for a couple of years, and then uh, I met my husband, and he was taking a job out in New York City, so I wound up getting the chance to live out there. And that changed everything for me in terms of songwriting and stage presence. There's nothing like, you know, learning on the job. Out there, competition was pretty fierce. You learn really fast what works and what doesn't. 
we had a, a baby in New York, and then we wound up moving to San Francisco, and I took time off of music during that portion of time, like 2010. And then we had our son, and that was uh, 2013. I didn't really return to music till 2016, so there was a big gap in there. And then we wound up moving back to Minneapolis, and that's where I returned to music, and I love living here now. I didn't love it so much when I first started. The scene was very different. I feel like now there is a better sense of community and people supporting other people instead of just sheer being competitive. How much a part of that is the Minnesota Music Coalition, Ellen Stanley? That It seems to me so amazingly obvious that people would want to birth music out of that kind of environment, but it's obviously not that way everywhere in the world. Obviously, you talk to Ellen, she is just a super smart, and but she also has a very good heart, and she really cares truly about songwriters and artists and helping them thrive. She's very good at cultivating the right tenor for growth to happen. I truly believe that. She's a very good friend of mine. I'm, I'm lucky to have her as a friend. While we were talking before we got on the air, you mentioned another person that you ran out to in New York, and she is another person I've interviewed, so Annie Fitzgerald. What's your roots with Annie? I love this story. We were at, it was a meet and greet in New York City, in Manhattan, for, I think it was called the New York City Song Circle or Songwriters. I can't quite remember the name of the organization. Anyway, they had a a meet and greet, and I was at the bar grabbing a glass of wine, and this person came up behind me because the bartender had asked for my ID, so I had my ID out on the table. She was standing behind me, and she looked over my shoulder, and then her hand came down. She's like, Vicki Emerson, I was told to meet you. And so we started chatting at the bar, both grabbed a glass of wine and found out, you know, like we knew a lot of people in common and she was living out there at the time and we became fast friends. She's a hard one not to like. She's just a joy. That was my experience too as I interviewed her for Song of the Soul. Let's get started right away on some of your music so people can fall deeply in love with you as well. How do you want to start out? Why don't we start out with Good Enough? That was the single that came out about a month ago from Steady Heart. And why is this emblematic of your song of the soul? The message in it, I get, you know, it's like, I'm never going to be good enough. That that wasn't my happy message. Well, I think it was more of a comforting message to other mothers. I wrote it for my kids after a real hard morning with them. My husband travels a lot for work, and so I'm solo parenting, and sometimes that goes great, and sometimes it's really hard. It was after a rough morning getting them off to school, I sat down and I wrote that song pretty quickly. Do you daily struggle with being a good enough mother? Well, I think moms are generally pretty hard on themselves. I know I am. And the other thing about it with kids, like, you know, they need discipline, they need boundaries, all of that. But sometimes when you're out of patience and you're overtired, it becomes really hard to just get it right, I think, you know. And as moms, we can have a rough morning like that, and then they go off to school and they're fine. And then you feel bad about it all day. And when you realize when they get off the bus and they're all happy and smiles, you realize that, you know, the person that's holding on to all of that is just you. And so sometimes it's good to say, you know, that was a rough five minutes (laughs) and we're moving on now. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> if only the five minutes is all it is, it's great, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, they come in, they come in bursts for my kids. My kids are close together in age, and so they fight. And sometimes it's about little stuff, but sometimes it's you know they're not being respectful to each other, and it's. I really have a hard time listening to it, and and discipline means to teach, so it's constantly teaching them all of the things, all of the life things, and some days are great, and then some days are hard. Well, that's good background for Vicki Emerson's song, Good Enough. I might never be good enough for your love, for your love, I might never be good enough. Stand my ground Burned out 
Vicki Emerson is here today with us for Song of the Soul. That's good enough from her latest release, Steady Heart. Obviously, some country feel to that and some motherhood struggling. I, I do think it's good that people wrestle internally with how well they do their work. But I also think that people deserve a lot of grace. Of course, I'm in this sweet spot in life. I have to admit that, Vicki, because our youngest child is my son, who is 32. And so none of them are going through that anymore, right? They're on their own, and it's got its own adventures that way. But what I deal with now is grandchildren who come and love being with Oma and Grandpa. It's the high point of their life still, right, to spend yes. time with yes. us. And we get to send them home. Who could ask for better? Yes, yes, uh, yeah, true. We hear that all the time. We have six grandparents, and so we hear how wonderful the grandparent experience is for them frequently, and I'm, I'm really happy for that. That's good enough that we just listened to. And it's on Steady Heart. Now, again, you have four recordings that you could have selected from. Long Ride back in 2009, Dustin Echoes in 2012, Wake Me When the Wind Dies Down 2016, Now Steady Heart in 2018. And all of the songs that you selected today, I believe, are going to be from Steady Heart. Is this part of what you mentioned earlier? It's like when you start out, you're still kind of rough. You're still learning the path. Is it that that really Steady Heart is where you you really hit your pace? Yes, I would say a, a little bit. Also, you know what a friend said to me the other day, and I just have been thinking about it a lot, is that... She finally sat down and listened to Steady Heart, and she really likes my last release, Wake Me When the Wind Dies Down. And then when she listened to this album, she said, you know what's so different about this album is it just feels so now. It feels so current. It feels just, it's you, but it's also the environment that we're in, in the world and politically. Like she said, it's just very current. And I, and I, I realized I wrote all these songs together in kind of a pack instead of in other albums, I would have a couple songs and then I'd say, oh, it's time to do a record. And then I would just write to finish instead of having a large pool of songs to choose from. Well, let's go on to another one of those songs that rose to the top. What do you want to share next, Vicki? Sure. Why don't we talk about The Reckoning? Oh, wow. It sounds like we're getting really serious here, The Reckoning. There's <laughs> ominous overtones there. <laughs> well, a little bit, but we just finished the, or we're working on finishing the music video to go along with that, and it's not that at all. It's, the video is going to be about female empowerment and women supporting other women, which I think is part of The Reckoning. <laughs> Well, that's it. It does have a minor tone. I mean, there's overtones in it to it as we, we come into the music. And by the way, I love it. And you've got several different tempos and a lot of different musical variety and it feels to it. But you know, at one point, what it made me think of was Fleetwood Mac, The Chain. Oh! And that song echoes deep in my heart. And so this one right away grabbed me too. Fleetwood Mac, I assume you know. I mean, you're significantly younger than I am, but... Yes, I love them. Well, they're going to have to work hard to have kept up with what you are today. I saw. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go right into really a masterpiece of a song. It's called The Reckoning. It's by Vicki Emerson. I hear a I feel the storm rolling in 
chasing the lightning I never knew how this would Wonderful, wonderful song by Vicki Emerson called The Reckoning. And you'll find Vicki Emerson at VickiEmerson.com. Any question on those spellings, I'm pretty sure you can spell NorthernSpiritRadio.org correctly. I have the link to Vicki's website, VickiEmerson.com. On Facebook, it's Vicki Emerson Music. A lot of places you can track her down and a lot of good music she's produced. Four CDs, the latest one in 2008 is called Steady Heart, and that's what The Reckoning is from. You mentioned, Vicki, that part of the reckoning is the woman's movement. So I have a daughter-in-law and my wife, and our grandchildren were all part of the January 2017 Women's March in the Twin Cities. Mm -hmm. They they were already there. Would they have run into you? 
I wasn't there for that march. I was there for the one um, at the Capitol that was part of the gun control one. I was there for that, but I wasn't there for the women's march. There was something preventing me, a good reason from preventing me of being there, life stuff happening that I couldn't be there. My granddaughter, Ada, carried a sign saying, Donald Trump, be good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. For a five-year-old, that was the perfect message to deliver. (laughs) It really was. So women's perspective, women's music, women's ethos is something important to you? It is. And I think when the Me Too movement also happened, well, obviously, you know, when the election happened and then the Me Too movement came up and then the Time's Up movement came up, it was it, it was impossible not to look back at my life and see all of the, the times that I should have said something that was inappropriate at a show or somebody said something that was definitely uh, like, you shouldn't say those things to other people, you know, and I, I, of course I didn't say it or I didn't report certain things. And and it was like, why? And it, the reason always was like, well, I might not get to play there again. Or, you know, I need that person as a fan, you know. And it's just, I think it was very, uh, I don't know, first of all, it made me really frustrated with myself and angry. But it also, when you look at all the enabling that happens around that kind of behavior, too, I just, I mean, I was pretty upset. And I still feel like there's a little bit maybe of an edge and it's also driving me to create these messages like a music video that is based on female empowerment. You know, my platform isn't very big, but if I can at least use it for some positive messaging, that's what I'm going to do. And it's really good to step forward into your power and be able to share that in the world. How has your perspective changed? I mean, I think your first recording back in 2009 was before kids. And how has your perspective changed because of having kids? I think it's made me more brave. I mean, I'm I'm definitely, there's a quality about just being a woman in the music industry at that portion, but being more vocal and standing up for myself and standing up for others. That's very important to me and calling out things that are not appropriate. You know, it's, it's beyond time for that to happen. And then the other piece is the songwriting. I think having kids has taken away maybe some filter or buffer that I would have maybe said, well, maybe I shouldn't write about that. And now it's, it's like, well, why wouldn't you write about that? Well, as I said, I really love the song, The Reckoning. One of the reasons I think I love it is because of the added vocals in there. I think I mentioned already that Annie Fitzgerald was in there. Sarah Morris was there. Mm-hmm. And Carrie Arnett. Yep, the three of them. Yeah. I assume with Sarah, you've done a toilet tune or two with her? <laughs> Yes, I have been very lucky to go in the green bathroom. I mean, I think I've been in there maybe four or five times now. So I'm a regular, regular of the old toilet tunes, and I'll be going back in to do the holiday version, which is always a riot. That's coming up next week, so you'll have to watch out for that. (laughs) Yeah, and the holiday version for those who don't know. I mean, you know, this is out of the Twin Cities of Minnesota, so not everybody listening across the country necessarily understands what a toilet tune is. Sarah Morris has sponsored this because she's got particularly good acoustics in her green bathroom. (laughs) For the Christmas version, she invites all of the people from the past year to come and be part of it. So it's a whole crowd in her bathroom. You can tell that Sarah Morris is a person with a certain amount of pluck to be able to invite people auspiciously into her bathroom as a group. It's really wonderful. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's a fun thing she has going there. I'm always happy when I get the invite to come to the green bathroom. If I recall correctly, and I could get this wrong, but I think maybe last December, a year ago, she had The War Is Over. Wasn't that the one that uh, John Lennon's song? I think that may have been it, or maybe it's two years ago. I don't know. She's been doing a... Nope, you're right, because I had to sing the ding-dong part. Yep. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So we have with us here today Vicki Emerson singing the ding-dong part. I just... (laughs) Vicki Emerson's website is VickiEmerson.com. You can find it, though, on NorthernSpiritRadio.org because this is Song of the Soul, a Northern Spirit Radio production. On that site, you find all of our guests for the last 13 and a half years. We started this back in 2005. We've had so many wonderful people, including a whole flock of magnificent folks from the Twin Cities of Minnesota. So please check out at that site and listen to all of their different programs. They are free for listening and download. There's a place to post comments. And I'm going to have you promise right here on air, Vicki, to post a comment after this interview and to post one on maybe the interview with Sarah or someone else because we love two-way communication it's the best way to do it and encourage other folks to do that please as you listen to this program yes also there's a donate button this is full-time work and i have an assistant in addition and it's only supported by listener donations that's how we get this done it's not government it's not corporations in fact you know six corporations now control 90 percent plus of our media Fortunately, in the Twin Cities, where Vicki Emerson exists, there's KFAI, which is community radio stations. Community radio stations are choice point for a local voice, so please support them. We've already spoken of Ellen Stanley, also known as Mother Banjo. She has a regular program there called Women Folk, and that's just one of many great programs on community radio stations in Twin Cities and nationwide. There's some 37 stations nationwide carrying our programs almost all of them affiliated with Pacifica, so please support them first. And I'm talking about you, W-O-O-L in Vermont, W-H-O-I in Iowa, K-Z-A-X and K-L-O-I in Washington State, K-P-S-Q in Arkansas, KZGM in Missouri, and don't forget WFMP in Kentucky, K-V-O-Y in Oklahoma, KXOJ in Massachusetts, KCEI in New Mexico, Rawa Radio in Illinois, six stations in California, and WDRK Converge Radio right here in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. That's a partial list, but all of them deserve your support financially and with your hands. And in any case, go and find the music of Vicki Emerson. Her recent release, Steady Heart, is another one you're going to want to pick up. So let's dive right into another song from Steady Heart. What do you care to share, Vicki? Well, sure. I think a good segue from The Reckoning, I did co-write that with Graham Bramblett, who's a friend of mine who used to live here. Now he just moved down to Nashville. And then we actually co-wrote the next one together, too, which is called Disappear. And tell us about Disappear. Well, when I wrote the song Disappear with Graham, I didn't really know him that well. It was our first co-write experience. The re- By the time we wrote The Reckoning, we knew each other very well. And that was really fun to write with him. But Disappear was, <laughs> you know, I had come up with most of the chorus deep in my heart. Like I knew what 
I knew where that thought was coming from, but then I was willing to put it out there to Graham to see what he was thinking. And we sat at his kitchen table and drank coffee, and we wound up talking about our families for about an hour and really getting to know each other. You know, he kind of asked me where that line came from. You know, you win some, you lose some, you let some go. And so I, you know, I told him about something that was going on in my family, and he was, he's like, that's kind of what I thought. And, you know, once we arrived at what the thread of the song was, I think it took, a, I don't know, 25 minutes to finish. We finished it really quick. Let's listen to Disappear by Vicki Emerson and Graham Bramblett. The song is Disappear. Picture on a wall, photo in a frame. Never thought I'd be cursing your name All of the pain that we've run through I finally see it's not me, it's you Sometimes people disappear away from all those years take you down to the end of the road you win some you lose some you let some Emerson shares Disappear today for Song of the Soul, co-written with Graham Bramblett. And I've got to look up this man, although I guess I have to call all the way down now to Tennessee to get a hold of him. How long has he been down that way? 
just a few months, I think you would enjoy a conversation with him. He's a really interesting person, and he's one heck of a good songwriter. And he's also a good human being. I enjoy Graham quite a bit. One of the things I really enjoy in that song is the fiddle or the violin, whichever it is. Is that Jake doing that? That is. That's Jake Armanding. And Jake would tell you it's the fiddle. I think he would say that a violin is something you would spill wine on and a fiddle is something you would spill beer on. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's what he says. Yeah, I mean, Americana isn't as quite refined as going to see something at the St. Paul Chamber Orchestra, shall we say. So I think um, that's the difference. Well, he's got some refined touch there. There's something really wonderful going on in there. And the chorus you're referring to that you said you wrote, sometimes people disappear, walk away from all those years, take you to the end of the road. You win some, you lose some, you let some go. That came from you? Yeah, well, I had the last line. That's where it started. You win some, you lose some, you let some go. And then we built it from there. You know, I was kind of wondering, as I'm listening through all of your music, there's a fair amount of tough relationships. And, you know, it's been a hard relationship and you got to move on, right? That kind of disappear, right? Well, yes. Or for now, you need to disappear because it's not a healthy relationship. And also... Sometimes things that are unhealthy or things that are difficult to try and navigate through, I think sometimes it's okay to push pause and say, you know what, this is not working right now and I'm not going to force it. I'm going to let it go for now. You know, I have a tendency to think that when you're talking that way about a relationship, we're talking romantic relationship, but it could be friendship, it could be family, it can be anything else. What fed your knowledge of knowing when you needed to walk on? We have a situation in our family that is it's sensitive and it's, I know it's, we are not alone when, <laughs> when you have issues inside a family unit and it's really hard and it's one of those things that, I mean, for me, like I've tried to mend the fences, I've tried to get someone to communicate with me and that, that's just not where we're at right now. So I'm letting that one rest for a bit. Can I ask about your background spiritually, religiously, and I'm talking about all the way back to your upbringing and the good and bad of it, because I think this informs our worldview. It's maybe not where we are today, but it makes a difference in how we get and think about things. What's your background? I grew up in a really small town in Wisconsin called Elmwood, Wisconsin, and my dad was a high school teacher in Plum City at the Plum City High School. My mom was a librarian in Plum City, and I went to Elmwood Elementary, but they had found a church called Sabulin Lutheran. It was this tiny, tiny, tiny town, a good 25 minutes away from our farm, and that's where we would go every Sunday. They were very active in the church. My mom was the Sunday school counselor, and I will say I started piano lessons at the age of seven, and so the church was the first experience that I had playing music in front of other people. They would allow me to play the offertory, and then after that, they would have me play for services. So I was very active in the church. I think that the messages resonated with me on some level, but I knew that I loved the music. That was the thing that drew me into wanting to go and be a part of it. And then I went to college, and I I still attended church, but not as much as I did in high school. And then I got married very young, right right out of college, and that marriage was really bad. It only lasted a couple years. 
and the encounter I had with his faith and he was also an alcoholic and the inability to say that he had a problem because they thought that God would fix it was really amazing to me that they wouldn't and his whole family was the same way. They just enabled the behavior to continue. And I thought that was really unhealthy. And and I decided that maybe the church wasn't good for me at that point. And that was in my mid-20s. Ever since then, I haven't really gone to church unless it's a wedding situation. A lot of our friends don't attend church. My parents, which is surprising to me, they have drifted away from the church My husband now, his family isn't very religious either. My husband and I have talked a lot about trying to find something in that way for our children. And we've decided that I know when I'm feeling like my most spiritual is when I'm helping somebody else. So we are trying to look at different opportunities for them to volunteer and help other people. So we're working on those sorts of situations versus going to church every Sunday. Sure. Is it okay if I ask what your first husband's kind of variety of religion was? It was also Lutheran. And for folks who don't know who are listening, there's a number of different strains of Lutheran. Around Wisconsin, Minnesota, you'll find ELCA, which tends to be on the more liberal end of the spectrum. Wisconsin Synod tends to be more conservative, and Missouri Synod sometimes is very conservative and sometimes a little bit moderate. So there's a lot of different Lutherans that don't... We shouldn't generalize that all Lutherans are the same any more than we should judge all whites or blacks or Chinese are the same. There's a lot of variety out there. Correct. And like I said, my relationship with the church when I was growing up was positive. But then when I had to go through my divorce with all of the things with his family and it, it just really, it was very hard and I needed to break away from that. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. And one more thing I could ask you to share is another song. There's a lot of listeners eager to hear at least one more song by Vicki Emerson. Why don't you do Steady Heart? That's a love song. We'll kind of draw full circle here. That's a love song. I wrote it for my husband. It was the first song that I wrote for the album. And what was really a very tender moment was he planned a big surprise party for me when I turned 40. All these people flew into California. I thought he and I were just going to celebrate our anniversary. And here popped in like 20 people from all over the country. (laughs) I was shocked. And one of my friends is a guitar player, so she had brought her guitar during the weekend. At one point, I had written Steady Heart, but he hadn't heard it yet. And I thought, you know what? this might be a really, really cool time to play this song. And so I played it for him and for everybody there. It was a real heartwarming moment. Get ready to have your heart super warmed in the Wisconsin and Minnesota winter by Steady Heart, Vicki Emerson. Oh, the days are long Feel it right down to the bone There you go again Shouldering the world on your own I see you trying to build your own road Why don't you let 
Just feel the heart and the love in that song by Vicki Emerson. Steady Heart is the name of the song, title track of her 2018 release. VickiEmerson.com is her website, Vicki Emerson Music on Facebook. That one written for her husband by name. You you care to name him for the whole world to know that you love and that you are his steady heart? <laughs> his name is Joe Wallace. He's a great guy. <laughs> So that's a big part of the root, I think, that you work from is your family, your husband, you, and two kids. How much are you inside the house? How much are you outside the house? Because you're doing this publicity. You're you're helping out with Minnesota Music Coalition. Growing up, as you know, you said your parents were very involved in the church, and there's things in the community where it used to be pretty much the norm, especially when you had full-time at-home mothers. Mm -hmm. Think that there was more community commitment than we have now, I I tend to think. So so where is your focus? Just mainly in the family, Minnesota Music Coalition? What what else is where you count yourself as having your foot firmly planted? You know, I, I think it's a constant juggling act. And honestly, it depends on the month. When I'm out touring with the home fires, you know, and I mean, I'm very focused on just playing shows with Sarah. And I mean, we have traveling and logistics and all of that. And then during the week, my husband travels a lot. So then it's more into a, a, the mom mode. We're really lucky where we live in Minneapolis. We have a great community of friends, and we have we love the school that they attend, and I'm involved that way, too. I do volunteer at the school. And then when I can kind of fit it in, I do mentoring for the Minnesota Music Coalition. And then that doesn't leave a whole lot of time for writing songs, so I'm hoping to get back to writing a little bit more here in 2019. I have a really hard time being in promotion mode and creative mode at the same time. And right now I'm in the promotion part of the lifetime of this album. There's so much work that goes into it. And again, I really think that Minnesota is fortunate because of Ellen Stanley and her leadership in the Minnesota Music Coalition. One thing you didn't mention, although I guess maybe indirectly you alluded to it, Sarah Morris, who with you is the Home Fires, you perform and tour that way. I've already mentioned several different women in your area who it strikes me that the kind of support, it's its almost, it's a musical church of sorts, if you will, of people really being there for one another. Mm-hmm. Do I read that correctly? I'm looking at it from 75 miles east of you. Oh, no, absolutely. The, the tone here is extremely supportive, especially, I, I mean, with the men too, but also the women have really come together to be supportive of each other and send more positivity around versus that feeling that you can't share, that there almost isn't enough music fans for everyone. So you kind of have to hoard your contacts or you, you're, not, you're not willing to share a contact from a venue or what have you. I believe in if we all do better, we all do better. I mean, I just think that that is a great way to look at this. And I think that I'm not alone in that feeling. And that's what helps create such a positive community here. 
well, you're fortunate to be part of it, and they're fortunate to have you as part of it. And we're fortunate to have time for one more song from Vicki Emerson. What would you care to close your Song of the Soul with? Let's do Bird's Eye View. I think the story about how that song was written is a good one for us to chat about. I did that as part of that Facebook challenge. I don't know if you've seen that, where there is a person in Wisconsin that posts a word and then you have a week to write a song. They do like a 13-week challenge during the summer, I think an eight-week challenge in the winter. Sarah Morris, that's how she writes most of her stuff. She waits for the challenges and then hammers out all these songs every week. And she kept she was very persistent, and we have a lot of time in the car together, so I heard about this a lot. <laughs> Honestly, it doesn't bother me for someone to give me a prompt, and it doesn't bother me to have a deadline of a week to write a song. The part that bothered me was that when you finish it, there's no thinking about it. You finish the song, and then you take a video of yourself singing the song that you just wrote, then you post it on the Internet. I mean, oh, my goodness, so much. <laughs> Sounds like a little bit of pressure. Oh, yeah. Well, I like to play songs from my couch, and then my couch and I decide if another human being will ever hear the song. <laughs> my couch and I have had a pretty good run. So, <laughs> Does your couch have exceptionally good taste, I think? Well, I feel like it, we've done all right so far, so posting it on the Internet was really scary for me. But I got over it, and I'm really glad that I did the challenge. It gave me a handful of songs that are on this album, so I I did need completed songs, and I got them. So that was a real high point of that. But this song, the word prompt for this week was crust. And I thought, oh, my gosh, what a horrible word. And how do you sing crust? (laughs) And then then I didn't really want to write about pizza, and I – I'm not a huge fan of, like, apple pie or anything like that. So, but I will tell you that a lot of the men on the challenge wrote about pie. I had no idea there were that many kinds of pies. That was really funny that they went with the sweet tooth route, you know. But I had to look up the definition, and then once I read through, because you didn't have to use the word. You had to use the essence of the word. Once I finally got to that point and I read the definition as, like, crust being the outer covering, And then I had the first line. I said, I'm on the outside looking in. We have a family friend that is struggling with mental illness, and that's who I wrote the song about. Well, that's how we're going to conclude Vicki Emerson's Song of the Soul today. Again, she joins us from Minneapolis in Minnesota. The new album she's released is Steady Heart. She performs sometimes in combination with Sarah Morris as The Home Fires, Go to VickiEmerson.com, the links on NordenSpiritRadio.org, and it's just delightful to get to know you. I I could listen to your voice all day long, Vicki, and never have <laughs> a lonely moment. It's just so much heart right there with me, and so I thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me. And here we go, Vicki Emerson, one last song. We'll see you all next week for Song of the Soul, Bird's Eye View. See the shame. See.
The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it is called Song of the Soul. Check out all things Song of the Soul on northernspiritradio.org, guests, links, stations, and a place for your feedback, suggestions, and support. Send your Songs of the Soul to me, Mark Helps Meet, via the info on our website, and join us weekly for Song of the Soul.